Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com No one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipponi. Well, with the seventh pick, I think a fourth quarterback comes off the board and Will Levis goes to Vegas. Oh, God. Yeah, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. But quarterbacks get overdrafted. He's got a huge arm. Mm-hmm. And Josh McDaniels needs to sell hope because he has no solution. So he needs to hope that he has salvation in the quarterback from Kentucky that can throw the ball through the uprights from his knees like Jamarcus Russell. And I think that they will talk themselves into arm talent and upside and McDaniels grooming a quarterback and taking a step back. But that's, it's overwhelmingly likely not to work Mm -hmm. uh, both because of the prospect and because of the coach and because of the division and because of the owner and everything that goes with it. But I will be shocked if they don't take a quarterback. In this scenario, they would take Will Levis. And I think that on April 27th, it's very possible that they trade up as high as the three with Arizona to take a quarterback. Well, I could actually see them making a trade with Houston to get up to two to take Young. Yep. I could see that. Um, A few things on if this happened. I would be I would be shocked by Levis because he doesn't seem to fit what the New England guys go after in quarterbacks. So it's been Tom Brady, Jimmy Garoppolo, Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi, Jarrett Stidham. Like they seem to always value smarts and accuracy and processing and things like that over just the raw physical skills. And I know that McDaniels drafted Tebow when he was in Denver. I think that was a vanity pick. I think that was a hubris thing. I think at the time he was thinking, I'm basically the Messiah. And I and Tebow would like that as a religious guy. And thought that like everything, you know, whatever he touched turned to gold. Uh, if he did this again, then he's learned nothing from his first failure as a coach and to bring Garoppolo in there and then followed up with a guy who's like the antithesis of Garoppolo would be very interesting to me. The other thing on Levis is that I just can't figure out. I see people constantly mock him in the top 10 
and have him as a quarterback that has a high first round grade. And then I really, from the same people, they don't say very complimentary things about the guy. It's like everyone lumps him in with the other three quarterbacks and thinks he's going to be a top 10 pick. But like people just do it and they don't agree with it. Do you know what I mean? It's like they almost feel like they have to mock him in spots like we just did. But then it's followed up with like, yeah, I don't think this guy's going to succeed or make it as an NFL quarterback. I mean, it's because you've watched drafts, right? You've seen how teams do this. Like, Zach Wilson was drafted ahead of Justin Fields, as was Trey Lance. These like these things just happen. And right, Pat- but I know they do, Danny. But what I'm saying is, I would not be surprised if two things happened: if Hendon Hooker at the end of the day went before Will Levis, and Levis had a super slide where he went either very late in the first round where a team like made a deal to take him or he just fell out of the first round altogether. That would not surprise me. All I heard last year studying this stuff was Malik Willis was going to be a first round pick. And then two quarterbacks went before him and he waited like 90 picks to come off the board. You know who Will Levis though is going to, is going to owe a lot of money to when he is a top 10 pick. Josh Allen. Correct. Correct. The Uncle Rico arm, throw it over that mountain. And some coach is going to say, this guy is just a talented piece of clay that I can mold. And it's okay if he completes 54% of his passes the first year or two, because we are going to give him stability, continuity, and build around him and be patient. Because if we do what uh, if we do in Vegas in this scenario what they did in Buffalo with Josh Allen, eventually we'll have a guy throwing for 4,500 yards and 35 touchdowns. That's yeah. that's that's what they're going to say. Yeah. All right, Atlanta. Well, let me just start by saying that Atlanta has made a lot of funny picks lately. For example, they took Kyle Pitts over Jamar Chase. Now, everyone loved that pick when it happened, but imagine if they had done that and they had Jamar Chase there right now. They took Drake London last year, who had an okay year, but they could have had Garrett Garrett Wilson. Who looks way better. So they could have Garrett – it's not out of the question. They could have Garrett Wilson and Jamar Chase right now on that team if they had drafted and picked the right guys. So they have neither. They really don't have a quarterback. I really don't like this roster whatsoever. So there are a number of different ways that I could go with that pick, with this pick. I really think I could put anybody in this spot who's left on the board and make a reasonable argument for why the guy is the right pick for them. I really do believe that. So, you know, I'm, I'm tempted here to do something else that you're going to get mad at me for. Okay. I'm very tempted. And I think I'm going to do it because I think it's the most interesting thing. I'm going to mock B. John Robinson to the Falcons at eight. And you're shaking your head again. Arthur Smith won with Derrick Henry. Arthur, they might, they might do something crazy where they look at the available players in this scenario and say to themselves, okay, Peter Skaronsky, 
Is he a tackle or is he a guard? Paris Johnson, how good is this guy? Broderick Jones going through the tackles. Christian Gonzalez, they already have a good corner there. Devin Witherspoon, Christian Gonzalez. Or they take this running back who guys like Daniel Jeremiah are saying he might be the best player in the entire draft, even though he has a very, very short shelf like as a running back. And we've learned that taking running backs in the first round is never a good idea. But you're going to go with Desmond Ritter, I guess, as your quarterback. I can see them saying the hell with it. We're going to give him the best running back that's come out of college since, I don't know, Zeke Elliott or Christian McCaffrey. So there you go. That's my pick. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, he's 8-1 to one to go to Atlanta. The odds say Dallas, Cincy, the Chargers, and the Commanders. Uh, well, they pick before all those teams, so there you go. They Yes, they do. Yeah, yeah, I, I get, I get the same. Uh, I can you think? That in, can you in, think of a more obvious pick for them in this spot than what I just did? Is there an obvious pick? No, I, th- I think that they would, they would be disappointed with how this this draft fell because I think they probably wanted edge rusher, uh, and I think that they'd also be tempted on Jalen Carter. So I think they'd be disappointed that Anderson, Wilson, and Carter are all off the board in this spot. Um, I think, I think if I was going to go skill position for them, I'd maybe would go Jackson Smith and Jigba over Robinson just because of value there. And they need another pass catcher. I don't mind that. Um, but in this scenario, but I also like best player available at a premium position, you know, yeah, they have AJ Terrell at corner, but you need three or four in the modern NFL. So top corner on the board is never a bad pick in this spot. But can't you see the offensive coach there getting restless and being like, I've won with a running back. I'm going to try yeah. to do the same thing here. Yeah, I mean, I just I don't like running backs in the top 10. Um, but yeah, I mean, that would be that would be shocking to me. But he's a hell of a player. I we did a topic on like if he was there at nine, and I told you that he was going to be Dalvin Cook, would you draft him? No. If I told you he was going to be Alvin Kamara, would you draft him? If I told no. you he was going to be Christian McCaffrey, like how good would he have to be for you to be cool with them using the ninth overall pick on him? And I basically said he had to be Christian McCaffrey. Here's what this pick would do for Atlanta. In all seriousness. I think of all the players they could take with this pick, he would give the Falcons the best chance of winning. Like he would affect, I think, their odds of winning the South the most right now of any player. In yeah, a division where, next year, you know. I'm saying in 2023. Yeah, that's what yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hey man, 
any team that drafts him, their fan base should be incredibly excited because he makes your team much more interesting and much more watchable. But it's not like a long-term foundational piece, and it's not a premium position, and it's an awesome draft uh, for running backs. So for the Bears now, I'm in an interesting spot because I think there's a really good chance that the top player on their board is a corner in this scenario. Um, But they need a three technique and a tackle and an edge rusher so much worse than they need a corner. Yeah. You know, because they've got a pretty good secondary, right? They've got Eddie Jackson and Jaquan Brisker at safety. Jalen Johnson's a very solid number one corner. They used a second round pick on Kyler Gordon, like who got a ton of snaps as a rookie. Like they've got a pretty good young secondary. So I don't think they would take Witherspoon or Gonzalez, but I absolutely think one of those guys might be tops on their board. In this scenario, uh, Skaronsky would be debated. Lucas Van Ness would be, de- I think, would be debated. But ultimately, they made a real run at signing Mike McGlinchey and got outbid. And this whole year is going to be about doing everything they can to see if Justin Fields is the guy or if they need to use their two first-round picks next year to go get the guy. So I think they're going to take the top tackle on their board. I don't think they'll take the risk with Skaronsky in the arm length. And it'll come down to Paris Johnson or Broderick Jones. And I think that they're going to, even though there's the Ohio State connection, I think that they will take Broderick Jones tackle from Georgia. Okay. So they're going to pass on both the Illinois corner and the Northwestern son of a great Packer with this pick. Or grandson of a great Packer with this pick. I think... I think that Broderick Jones played a ton of left tackle at Georgia, but did play some right tackle. And I think that Ryan Poles, the former offensive lineman, will say, I want you to be our week one right tackle. For He's an incredible athlete. He moves in space. He fits what they want to do on the offensive line. They tried to sign McGlinchey, like I said. It's the most glaring hole on the line. I think I think Broderick Jones in this particular how it fell yeah. would be who they would take. Yeah. All right. So the Eagles come up at 10 then. Because they yes. got this pick from the Saints in a trade last year. So the NFC champs pick 10th. Yep. I, I think, think they would be I think they would be very happy with how this board fell. So do I. <laughs> we know they love line play. Now, even though even though they almost flirted with the idea of Slay leaving, and it doesn't look like he's going to be there forever, um, I still think in this situation, given the age of some of the guys on the offensive line, with Kelsey coming back for only one more year, Lane Johnson getting a lot older, uh, I think they take Skaronsky with the tenth pick in this situation, wow. and he would play left guard. Um, the idea would be for him to be left guard. Uh, move Landon Dickerson over to center when Kelsey retires. But I think for, for just the first year, they probably have Dickerson and Skaronsky at guard with Kelsey at center. And maybe Skaronsky becomes a right tackle. I don't know. Probably not. 
But I just think they'd look at it like, okay, if we've got Quentin Nelson, if he's not a left tackle and he's just a great elite guard, I think they'd friggin' love that. So that's what I think they would do with this pick. I think they think about Van Ness big time. I think that that was that would be the other guy that I would consider for this pick. I think they really like him there. Man, I I think that they would love to to take the top corner in the draft at 10. I think they value the trench play so much more. And with Cox and Graham getting older, I think they'd look at Van Ness. Losing they might even grade. consider they might even consider, yeah, they might even consider Van Ness to be an edge guy. But I taught we had the guy on who's training him in the offseason who trained Aiden Hutchinson and a bunch of other like top D linemen. Yeah. He says that he thinks Van Ness's best position in the NFL is edge rusher. Interesting. Well, that's funny because the guys who coached Iowa didn't even think he was good enough to friggin' start. No, he that's just... misleading. Ferenc is weird, man. He, yes, he, he is. Start, he, he starts seniors. Oh, God. Yeah, he, st- he start. Van Ness had over 450 snaps each of the last two years. <laughs> that is he, so weird. What, yeah, what he, is- he, he, does, he, does, he does ceremonial starts for seniors. How, Every is, that, how is that possible in 2023? Yeah, yeah. Doing? In yeah. the age of NIL, the transfer portal, he acts yeah. like it's Dean Smith on senior day and starts seniors. Yeah, every Christ game. almighty. Dude, every game. He starts upperclassmen every game. Good Lord. Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. <laughs> well, we had a lot of fun. This is, I think, I think people are going to love this taping. I so, really do. So I think you're getting booked in Houston, um, Detroit, and Atlanta. Off of this, congratulations on all of your success and fame. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you to Spencer Ray. Subscribe, rate, review. He's Andrew Filipponi. I'm Danny Parkins. We'll do 11 through 20 next week. First in pod.